Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Why Are We Here? I'm your host, Spencer Crandall. Uh, Before we get started, just a quick reminder to subscribe wherever you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube. We'd love to have you just as as a part of the Why Are We Here family. We want you. We need you. We need you. Tell your grandma and your orthodontist and your enemies, whoever whoever that is, just let them know that we have a podcast called Why Are We Here? Uh, We're new to the podcast game, but we're loving it. This episode is one of my favorites we've done so far. It's with my buddy Lily Rose. She's going to be a freaking superstar, so you're going to want to watch this now and come back to it in, like, you know, five years when she's winning Grammys and stuff. So, without further uh, explanation, my buddy, Lily Rose, on Why Are We Here. Get into it. On the pod, we have Atlanta native, the one, the only, Lily freaking Rose. How you doing, What's friend? What's up, dude? What this is, is up? so fun. I'm Isn't it kind of fun? Yeah, it's we got awesome. all set. It's like playing radio. It's so great. I know, right? Yeah, it's it's a good time. Um, I feel like you have not slept in like the last seven <laughs> months. Your life has transformed so drastically from when I met you to where you are now. Yeah. Last night you played a show outside and like on Broadway or something like that. Yeah, it's like in the new Fifth and Broadway, like on the rooftops, mm-hmm. like a two thousand cap venue. Thing. Sick. It looked incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. My parents live in the little like skyscraper um, on the other side. Uh, they like look down on that. Oh my gosh! So how long have they been here? They got a place January. here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my sick. dad moved here for a job opportunity. So, cool. Yeah, but she's always texting me like, "Luke Bryan was out on the deck tonight yeah. playing a show." CMT is so, always recording. Yeah, everything there. It's, exactly. It's beautiful. I, yeah, it looks incredible. And you've just literally been killing it for the last Thanks, seven months. Dude. I feel like when we first met. I, it was the right with Forbes, correct? Was that the first time? Or yeah, the, or like, like even a Super Bowl party at your house, maybe. Ah, that's 20, crazy. Maroon 20, five year, 2017 or something. 18. 18. Oh my gosh. Holy that cow. That feels like we were just talking before we came on air, just how like literally time doesn't feel like it's yeah. real since 2020. Yeah. It's no. like, wait. Future. <laughs> Future. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like the first time we got to like really hang, hang was either at that Super Bowl, Super Bowl party or that we had a right with our, yeah. our good buddy Forbes. Hurt So Good Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That song's a jam. That song slaps. It's it's a pretty freaking yeah. good jam. I keep trying to tell Big Loud that song slaps. <laughs> Seth, look <laughs> at me. <laughs> no, it's it's so good. I feel like um, I was in the right, and I hadn't really seen any of your, of your artist stuff or anything at that point, and Forbes was like, hey, would you want to hop in with me and Lily? And I was like, sure. And... There's just a weird feeling. I'm sure you get this as well. Like you're writing or you're with somebody and you're like, they just get it. Yep. And I feel like I got that from you. Like you're so talented in your ability to like find melody and lyric. And I f- immediately I was like, oh, you're going to be hard to write with because you're an artist. Yeah. Like there's there's a difference between writing for writers who are like, oh, um, you know, this is the best thing for the song. But you have such a voice. And I was like, oh, there's no way that like um, this song isn't gonna sound like her in the best way possible. For sure, like, it was such a massive part of why I fell in love with you as an artist in that room that day. I was like, "Oh, you have a thing, dude." And I felt the same way. You know, it's like if when you're a writer, you just click with people, and you don't. It's the same way when you're playing basketball. You've got chemistry with somebody, or you don't. Whether and even if you just met them, mm-hmm. and I just met you, and I was like, "Dude, just gets it," <laughs> and I was like, "And this is not the last time we're gonna write," and it's Mm-mm. dope. But it's so funny because I feel the same way about you in the writing room because mm. I think the next song we wrote was What You Deserve with our friend Matt Morrissey. Now I'm looking at my manager, Jeff. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I'm like, dang, this dude, like, I, I get to exercise my muscle of being a writer for another artist mm. because you just command a room when you're in it. Mm. And it's really cool that the two of us both saw each other as that other thing. No, you know? I like, love <laughs> it. It's so fun because, like, um, I feel like a lot of our conversations just as friends is, like, yeah. kindred spirits in we love what we do. We both, like, love the the grind and the hustle and the, like um, – the life that it is to be an artist yeah. in 2021. And I feel like we've really bonded over that and like how hard it is and how fun it is. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of people that I meet that I feel like, again, like I can only describe it as that you just get it. You just from, get it. From your business to your music to your art. Yeah, it is. And just, I'm all in. If you had stock, I would just go all in on the Lily Rose stock. Trust me, I feel the same way about you because there are not a lot of people in town that I've met that take their careers by the reins and. Mm understand that opportunities come and go every single day it's what you do with them and it doesn't always mean that that's going to be the green light you know sure. it could be the yellow light and everything mm -hmm. and you're just one of those people that i look at that's like damn i'm approaching two million have you hit two million yet you're approaching uh tiktok yeah yeah you have eight or something yeah, yeah yeah so you're approaching two million and you're like what else can i do to create as a mm -hmm. creator what else can i do and you just take it and you're just like yep <laughs> well thank you crushing that, it I, left and right and it's dope really and there's it. not a lot of people that i've found kindred spirit wise yeah. that are doing that so no, i look up why... to you a lot oh, thank with you. All I, that, man. I feel the same way about you because i watched you go from like what i loved is you just put out a song overnight sensation yeah right yeah and i hadn't heard this story of you being in town for like four years but doing music for like a decade mm -hmm. and working like what were some of the jobs that you worked before you got into music? Yeah. Um, you know, while I was in music, honestly, um, I was delivering groceries seven months ago, you know? Um, that is crazy. Yeah, dude. But customer service phone lines. I worked overnight stocking shelves at Opry Mills Mall. If you've ever been to Nashville, it's definitely not Green Hills. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, bartended, refereed little kid basketball games, refereed high school basketball games, whatever yeah. I could do to write at 11 a.m., you know? Yeah. Well, and play and on Fridays and Saturdays. That's, again, why I look up to you because of your your tenacity. And then I feel like um, you put out a song called Overnight Sensation, and it, and it talks about that of, like, yeah, to everyone else, it looks like I just put a TikTok online and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. But you've been at this, and I'm so glad I met you before all that and yeah. stuff because I can say like, oh, she's, she's been at it. Like yeah. you're one of the people who writes every day. You're, you're, you're on the grind. I you know, just, we wrote that song in 2019. I know it makes you want to throw up. Yeah. That it's like, <laughs> it's a lot of people are hearing the song and they're like, wow, that's so cool. It's autobiographical, all of this. And I'm like, yeah, but we wrote it before anything happened. It's like I we know. had a crystal ball, which is the craziest thing. So if you haven't heard the song, go listen to it so you can see what we're talking about. But no, cool. you have to, if you haven't heard the song, go listen to it. It's so good. And I feel like it, I love um, songs that you listen to for an artist, and I feel like there's a difference between, like, oh, I relate to that, and, like, oh, this is a piece of someone's heart. Yeah. And I felt like that was a piece of your heart, and it was, like, just so cool and special and intimate and vulnerable. Yeah. And that's, like, the kind of songs that I love, so. Dude, I appreciate it. I don't know about you, but, like, you know, some artists, they really do have a piece of their heart in every single song that really taps something deep. But for me, to try to sell every single night that we play that, song and other mm -hmm. songs i really only have like four or five in my set that i have to that i don't have to dig down deep for it's right. just like it's just sitting at the top of my heart every time you know that's like, why you're an artist that's why i think you're going to do amazing things and why i would go all in on the lily rose stock <laughs> is because i feel like you're telling real authentic stories yeah especially as like an out 
person in country music, like all that together is just, it takes so much vulnerability already as just as an artist. Yeah. But then to add in your like adversity and your story and what you've been through, the grocery bagging and the, all the stuff, it's just, it just is so inspiring. And I feel like you're one of the stories in country music right now that like just needs a big old freaking spotlight because you're just the kind of person that I love to watch win. I I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm just really lucky to be with, you know, people like Seth and Joey and everybody over at Big Loud and Rakaia and my team is just, I'm really, really lucky with it all because we're just trying to lead with the music. You know, it's like the Mm -hmm. best way to break down barriers and everything and continue to be tenacious and show everyone this is how change happens is by just putting out good songs. You're undeniable. You know? I think that's the best way to put it is like there's not a single person that can hear your music and be like, well, I'm out because of this. <laughs> it's like, nope, doesn't matter. The songs are too good. Dude, thanks. You can't listen to Villain and be like, yeah, I, I just can't listen to her. Like, yeah. it's, it will be stuck in your head. You yeah. don't have a choice. And I, I love that. I feel like you weren't on TikTok, though, pre-quarantine. like quarantine. Like, were mm. you... Were you um, protesting? Were you just like <laughs> yeah. out on the app? You're like, ah, that's for babies. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't download it until like middle of October of 2020. So even went through most of quarantine without it. But yeah, I think I was one of those millennials that was like, nah, that's not for me. <laughs> and then I saw everything you were doing and a buddy, Andrew Janakis, get a record mm-hmm. deal, Priscilla mm-hmm. get a record deal. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to download TikTok. But that's one of those things, you know, back to taking your career into your own hands. You can you can fight opportunities that are sitting right in front of you. And when I say opportunities, it doesn't mean a song going viral or capitalizing on a song going viral. The opportunity is an app to reach fans on a year we can't tour. Take it. Okay, opportunity number two, having songs, just the ability to have a song to put out to the world, put it up there, and then just continuing to post. You know, it's I think people are so frustrated with, yeah, but you had a viral song. And it's like, no, I downloaded the app and then I put the song up and then I put another one up until one of them just worked, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it's really cool watching people just take it and just do it. Oh, it's And insane. you're just one of the only ones that I really look at that I'm like, yes, Spencer, <laughs> come on. I feel the same about same way about you. It's it's so fun, and I feel like uh, Villain is the perfect, like, um, I heard it. It was on my For You page, <laughs> and I know you, yeah. and I normally scroll past people I know because I'm same. like, oh, I know what they're doing. Like, yeah. I've, I've heard them, and not I support you. Like, I'll throw you a like, and yeah. I'm on. But, like, that song, I was just like, okay, keep going. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh. What is oh. happening? <laughs> I just, I wanted, like, I felt like the person who was, like, because when it came out and it did everything that it's done, which is incredible, I felt ownership over you as an artist was, like, I found her first. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about TikTok oh my gosh. is you can find your target audience and they can feel responsible for you as an artist. Like, your record deal, you were on the radio. Yep. You were on the freaking radio yeah, because of wild. a video. Do you ever think about, like, the butterfly effect of, like, what if that night you just, like, Nah, I'm not going to post it. <laughs> no, I, I talk about that a lot. Have you heard or read, I guess, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights? Oh, Green Lights? Yeah. You think I didn't listen to that audio book the Dude. first week it was out? Holy. Okay, so I was listening to it. I was My main peak of delivering groceries and everything was like Thanksgiving week. And I was listening to it because I'm just AirPods in, mm-hmm. working nine hours a day doing that. And I was like three-fourths of the way through the book. And he's always talking about... Green lights are always usually yellow and red lights first. They're very rarely just this wide open door. So I put up this song called Two Lonely People on TikTok, 
right around Thanksgiving and Rakaya Marshall hit me up and was like, hey, I just saw this. Your voice is really interesting. I think I'm about to start a new company. You want to meet? And I was like, sure. We met and she told me, you don't have enough going on. So I don't think I can do anything with mm. you. But um, let's just keep in touch. And I took that as I got to go keep posting. Yellow light. Yellow not light. Not a red light. Not a, not a red light. Yellow light. And I was like, okay. As an athlete, you know, I always was like, what can I do to have the coach? They can't have me on the bench. They mm. have to have me in the game. Undeniable. They can't. Yeah, undeniable. So I was like, I'm just going to keep posting, keep posting. And next thing I posted was villain. And I keep asking myself, I'm like, one, thank God that I listened to that book. And I understood what that meeting was it was yeah. just a crack in the door it wasn't the open door but it was a crack because mm. guess who was the first person that called me when that thing went viral Rakaya Marshall and you, it's such a perfect fit I feel like yeah. for what she does and what you do and same with Big Loud the second I heard that I was like oh this makes a ton of sense yeah and I'm so happy that you're over there because they're just winners Dude. and they kill it and, and they've been my number one since I moved to town of like record labels that I my dream record labels and because they just let their artists be yeah be. the authenticity like I feel yeah. like there isn't anybody on the Big Loud roster that isn't just like, look, this is who I am. Yeah. So just take it or leave it. Take it or like, leave it. That's exactly and what they do. Before it was cool because now it's like the incredible thing about moving past the, I don't want to say the bro generation, but the pretty boy-ness mm -hmm. that country music has been for the last decade. Now Male, everyone's kind of, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like now everyone's kind of like, I ain't going to work out. I'm going to do this, whatever. And it's like, no, 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 Big Loud has just been People being people and yeah. artists. What do you from do? Day one. Cool. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. You know. And um, and as a member of the LGBTQ community, I knew that I needed a record label that was going to let Lily be Lily, Lily mm. Williamson, which is my real last name, and Lily Rose. And they have never once asked me to be anybody but myself. That's with amazing. everything, even with, with the music. You know, hey Lily, we really like this song, and I'm like, y'all, I just can't tell that story. That doesn't make sense. They're like, okay. How important is it to you to have, like, I've heard you talk about song integrity. Yeah. Like, song integrity with your team and, and just saying, like, you know, I, I love that you use the pronouns you want to use. Like, it is these little yeah. things that aren't so little. It's these things that are tapping into your authentic truth. And you're like, look, this is what I'm going to do. How, how important is song integrity to you and telling your story and your music? Yeah. You know, I don't think that I ever knew how important song integrity was in general until I joined the Big Loud family. Because mm -hmm. when we have um, A&R meetings, which we have one tomorrow morning, which is what, when we go in there just to decide what we're cutting next kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's Rakaya, who's my manager. She does not work at Big Loud. Seth England, the CEO of Big Loud, and Joey Moy, who is my producer. And we just listen through a bunch of stuff. And when I'm in the writing room, writing these songs to finally play for them eventually. I'll tell the co-writers, I'm like, y'all, Big Loud won't cut something like that. Mm. It's not good enough. Like, the song integrity. And I think the Dangerous album with Morgan and, you know, Hicks Tape 1 and the Hardy record and everything they've been doing with Jake, it, it's just, it shows. It's a they high do not, bar for storytelling. Yep. They do not cut bad songs at Big Loud. No, it's annoying. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll listen to a Big Loud project. I'm like, What? Yeah, how did they even find that song? And they're great at pitching songs. Uh, oh my gosh! I feel like you just had a, a little dream moment. You got a <laughs> yeah. you got a cut. You were obviously pitched by is it Mike G over at? Yeah, so Mike G over at publishing, and then Camille and our A and R. The two of them just get me. They mm. get the Lily Rose sound. So the songs they pitch are sick. And the day after I signed the record deal, Mike G sent over a 
list of 20 songs. And the first song on that list was Remind Me of You. And I listened through it, and, you know, all of a sudden I heard, she likes, and I was like, that's Sam Hunt. Mm. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> that's the, that dude, the you know. Yeah, I started listening to his stuff in 2013 or 14 when country music didn't have trap hats. And, it, you know, FGL but did, but, like, yes. The dude was just like, I do this thing. It's not for everybody. Yeah. But I do this thing. And weirdly, it by was like saying I'm in the out group, all of a sudden you are the in group. And he just has this thing. I mean, he is my, and this is just an opinion, but I think he's probably the best living songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And and to be able to tell the stories that he does and like, I always use like in rights, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But uh, it doesn't make me feel something like night sand felt good on sunburnt feet. Yeah. The economy of words there of just like <laughs> it's stupid. Everyone knows you're you're at the beach. All of a sudden you feel something like all your senses are activated. Yep. What did it feel like to listen to a Sam Hunt song that was written by Sam, singing the demo, and then to go put your voice on it and then to put it out in the world yeah. as a Sam Hunt fan? Yeah. Um, you know, that was wild. It's it's interesting because I've never put out a song that I'm not a writer on. That was my first outside song ever. So uh, at first it sounded, it just felt a little bit like karaoke. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't produce my music and I also wasn't a writer on it. So I'm like, I'm just out here like putting a vocal on something. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. But now that we're playing shows, I feel like I own it. It's mine. But, um, I was very nervous when Seth sent Sam the master <laughs> and I what was like, think? my favorite country artist of all time is about to give his approval or denial of something he created out of thin air that I'm now going to show the world. And, um, Luckily, Sam liked it and everything, but it was a dream come true. You know, it's it helps um, when you find outside songs that clearly your influences of mm-hmm. why you got into the genre are the ones that created it. So it clearly it was a good fit for me. You know, oh, it's a perfect fit. Um, I mean, the second I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a Lily song. Like, I know it's obviously other writers or whatever, but there's just this thing where if you get the right cut on the right artist, it it is like. It, it found its home, yeah. like its rightful owner. Yep. It's like a weird thing. You can't even describe it. There's a magic. There's an aura. There's an energy. And it just felt amazing. I, I heard that yeah. song. I was like, damn. And I was just super jealous. I was like, you get pitched, Sam Hunt song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, well, and Sam doesn't let a lot of – he doesn't give a lot nope. of songs away. So I was very humbled by that. You know, and Ernest and Corey Crowder and freaking Charlie Handsome too. They just crush. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that song is cool in a lot of ways. And I'm really thankful that – a song like that that has so much swag and the songwriting is just unreal is the song that we got to put out that's kind of it's a little evolution in country music mm-hmm. of being able to say she 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 with a female vocal you know um it's incredible yeah again back to the authenticity thing like the fact that we live in a time i read something the other day it was like look pride month's over but like there's still a large percentage of countries where like it's illegal yeah to be a part like that's so fucked. Yeah. It must feel good that you're like, well, at least we've made a big old step here. Yeah. Or I'm going to, again, be undeniable in my music yeah. and live my truth. 100%. And I, I didn't really realize this until maybe a month ago, but the thing about pop music and the bravery is across the board. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, shitting on anybody that's been doing this in another genre. But the, the beautiful thing about pop music, that format, their artists are catering to a group of people that already for the most part have their arms wide open for the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. I'm out here trying to change some hearts of a lot of people that don't believe that I am going to go to heaven 
that I should even legally be allowed to marry somebody, let alone just like be myself kind of thing. Yeah. So I, yes, I want to make people smile and drink and have a good time and all of this stuff with my music, but I'm out here trying to change the hearts of like parents that are having kids to show if fear is the biggest thing, you're afraid that your kid's going to get beat up or that they're not going to go to heaven and all this stuff. If we can show them we're playing on good morning America or we're playing, we're we're winning awards. We're doing this. We're on the radio. Hopefully that they're, they're not afraid for their kids. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a white straight male. I'm five ten. I wear hats. I look like everybody in Nashville. (laughs) So when I came to town, it was so easy for me to say like, can it be done? I was like, well, yeah, it's actually being done every day. Yeah. And I feel like what's so cool about what you're doing is you are, whether or not you can admit it or want to admit it, you're carving a new path. You're giving somebody, you know, I heard this example and I never thought about this. Like, um, someone's talking about how they're like, I love how, you know, politics aside, Kamala Harris is going to be in somebody's textbook and there's going to be some little girl who's looking at like, okay, old white guy, old white guy, old white guy, old, whoa, that looks like me. Yep. That's so important. Representation matters. Yeah. And I feel like you are carving a path in a genre that traditionally is a little bit slower to change. Yeah. Um, do you ever feel pressure <laughs> with that though? Like <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, so now I feel like, you know, uh, there's you, TJ Osborne, Brooke Eden, a couple other awesome people in town. There's not a ton of people that I know of or that, that are out like, what does the, and especially as far as killing it goes, you're, you're top of the list, that pressure, um, or do you feel pressure to speak for that community, to always talk about it in interviews, to make it a part of your identity, to be a good example to the little kid or the mom? Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really feel that pressure until Pride Month of this year, if I'm being mm. honest. Um, you know, just that's when the, the interviews really, they come in and... Um, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of people looking to you during this month because of the, you know, flag you're carrying, like figuratively, figuratively and literally the flag. Um, but you know, for me, there were a lot of interviews that we had to turn down at the beginning of my career because big loud and my, you know, you're working with Olivia and Lexi Mm -hmm. too at O creative and everything that we were like the story right now in January, February, March is Lily Rose villain, music artist only not TikTok, not Mm. gay, not anything of that. And it's been really cool moving into this new level of now everybody knows who I am as an artist and songwriter. And now we get to dive a little bit deeper and the pressure's there for sure. But back to what I was saying earlier is, you know, good songs. We're not going to go anywhere as long as we keep putting good songs out. And how we truth. change the world is not going anywhere, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I feel the pressure for sure. But I always, when I came out to my parents and everything, you know, I heard a line that was, being gay is the least interesting thing about me. Mm. And I always really, really wore that. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then 2020 with all of the Black Lives Matter stuff and just really the showing of how little representation a lot of people have in the world, but let alone in this community of country music, Mm -hmm. I was like, it's the least interesting thing about me, but a little kid in a textbook or a little kid at the Country Music Hall of Fame or whatever it is needs to know that one day this is just going to be a blip in the radar and they're going to be able to do whatever they want. Hell yeah. You know? I literally just got goosebumps. That's incredible. I I love that because 
you do have the opportunity to do that. And I feel like if there's anybody who the pressure could be on, uh, I, I believe in you. Again, like Thanks. I just I'm so excited for you and your music does lead the way, but I feel like you have such a fun um opportunity to speak on things that you're passionate about. And that's yeah. you know, it's it's a weird like dichotomy of or it's it's interesting to me when people are like just play basketball, just sing songs because yeah. I'm like but we are also humans. Yeah. We have thoughts and opinions. So it it's never really registered with me when somebody's like just do the thing that I want to see or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's great, but then don't follow them on socials and don't, don't God, listen I, to the podcast. I legitimately yeah. can't even get started about that. <laughs> just like, God, I hate everything that they have to say on their stories. And it's like, you can unfollow Why them are for you sure. <laughs> like, it's bizarre. But yeah, yeah you know, it's I, I don't really speak up about a lot of things, but I do speak up when I think it's important and things like Black Lives Matter and you know, pride and why we have pride and the Trevor project and yeah. saving kids from killing themselves just because they want to be themselves. You know, it's I had no idea the suicide rate in the LGBTQ plus community. And the second I heard that, like my heart just broke. I'm like, yeah, it's, I believe it's something like five times more likely or something mm-hmm. like that, especially before they're 18. And like, that's the kind of thing. Oh, you don't think representation matters. What if there is a girl in Atlanta Who's like, what? I could never be in country music. I could never. You can be that person who's like, hey, I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect, but you got a shot. Yep. And if you if you make good music, people are going to listen. Yeah. That's so fucking yeah. cool. And, and starting if you if you're you and you work hard and you have good music, then Correct. you got a shot. But the first thing you got to be is you. Is you. And, you know, I spent it. It's funny that, we, you know, in the community, we always talk about uh, there's like this second teenage youth thing that you feel like you have because a lot of people, especially gay men, don't come out until they're in their 20s Mm. kind of thing. And we are all just suppressing ourselves through those teenage years with everything. So I feel like me being me in my 20s and not delivering groceries anymore Mm -hmm. and being with the love of my life, Dara, who is absolutely incredible, I feel like I'm the first version full version of me i've ever been these last seven months that's amazing which is really cool and uh you know i've been out for 10 years but again getting to create music every day and and all that so it's cool it's been a a super dope journey and i'm a i hope you know a 17 year old girl at catholic school in atlanta who (laughs) wants to be in country music can look up to me and no i I think they already are and I, i i'm i'm just blown away by your ability to like just get um get people behind you not in a way of like hey everybody i know what i'm doing again it's it's because you're so talented thanks and you just lead the way with like your songs and then what you have to say is so important so i'm super proud of you not that that really matters (laughs) now we're gonna play a small game uh it's like literally the smallest game ever it's the one word game and i have a couple people on this list i'm just gonna give you uh the people you just give me a word about the people deal rakaya rakaya oh uh Talk about tenacious. Mm. That one right there. Yeah, she's a badass. She's killing it. It's it's unreal. Um, you know, she she does not take no for an answer. And as a female, that's not always an easy thing to do because you kind of mm-hmm. get labeled with that fun B word that like nobody wants to hear. <laughs> and she does not give a shit. She's mm. like, okay, fine. I will be the biggest bitch in the world, but we're gonna we're, <laughs> we're gonna, gonna get, get this right. We're go. gonna get this right. And she yeah. she fights for she fights for people. She fights for the things that she believes in. And I, 
couldn't imagine having a better person by my side every day. That's amazing. Uh, Matthew Morsi. EGOT. EGOT. You know, everyone, we're all out here. We're like, damn, we want to win ACMs. We want to win Grammys. We want to win that. I'm like, y'all, Matt Morsi's going to win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony and leave us all in the dust. He just has so much talent. Unreal. He's so incredibly musically talented. In- insane. Uh, for the listener at home, Matthew is a writer on Villain and now... He's my producer. ...producer yeah. with Joey, correct? Yeah, so he and Joey uh, co-produce um, most of my pop-leaning songs these sure. days. Um, but yeah, Matt produced. He didn't write on Villain, but he did produce it. Gotcha. So, yeah, gotcha. sick. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really fun. And then Dara. Oh. Uh, you have one word to sum up the love of your life. Go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fun. Nice. I um I know that's a bland word, um, but I think everybody needs somebody that is always just going to make sure that you're having fun, whatever that capacity is. For mm-hmm. us, we go out and drink four or five nights a week, so <laughs> fun. But just down for whatever. What like clicked in you where you're like, oh, this is the love of my life? Like what what was the like thing that got you to that point? Yeah. Um, you know, the night we met, uh, I don't know what it was, but I just I looked over at my coworker who I was with and she as Dara was pulling away in an Uber and I was like, I can't tell you what it is, but besides something divine up there with whatever religion you believe, I was like, I've never felt a stronger pull to anything. Dang, you felt that? That's so the, cool. the night one and I'm like, I know that's like stupid and all of no. this, but you know, like I I don't know what it was, but um somebody that lets me be me. Oh, I mean, that's the number one thing I'm looking for in a relationship. Like, I had um, a girlfriend in high school or whatever, and I felt like at the end of that relationship, I got to a point where I was like, I'm me, but I'm not like a thousand percent me. Yeah. And like, I'd rather hang out with my high school friends. There must be something wrong here. Or like, yeah, I because it's almost a switch. And I feel like the people who make it work or who end up together are just so authentic with the people that they're with. Yep. And has she been there with you through all of the, um, the craziness of the last year? Yeah. Um, yo, it's been wild. Cause like we did long distance from, she lived in Las Vegas and I was in Nashville. So we mm. did long distance for a year and a half and she moved to Nashville the week of the tornado. Oh my God. And we got hit. And yeah, then it was COVID right. the week after that. So Whew. we have been, you know, stuck together after being long distance, which has been dope. Um, but through all of this, you know, she's always making sure I'm in therapy. I love therapy. And she's always making sure, hey, you good? Are you in therapy? Mm. And I'm always doing check-ins like, hey, our lives have completely changed. <laughs> How are you doing? Like all of this stuff. And um, it's I never want to go hang out with my friends without her. And she feels the same way about me. That's how I knew mm. it was my person. You know, I know. I Just do. all the warm feelings. Oh, the good stuff. All the fuzz. Um, okay. I love all that. It's now time. To play another game. Here we go. I have in this drawer. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, this is uh, this is a really fancy deck of cards. We paid twenty thousand dollars for it, <laughs> and it's definitely not something I hand wrote. So, um, if if you can't see at home, these are just a bunch of note cards. But uh, the the last portion of the show, obviously, the show being called "Why Are We Here." Um, I love asking deep, weird questions that nobody else asks. Love you. it. And so I I have compiled the deepest, weirdest questions in the universe oh, we're now going to take turns so i will draw a card and ask you a question then you'll draw a card and ask me a question love it uh, again you've been warned they're very you know come on we're, we're gonna go to another place I'm, we're about to, I'm here. are you ready to become 
next level friends. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> uh, what is the thing that you are the most proud of? Um, being a good daughter, sister, partner, and friend. Hmm. Trying I, to, at least. Yeah, but I feel like it's cool that your identity is, like, outside of music. Like, because the gross part of me always wants to answer that question with, like, streams. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I have this little Views. devil on my shoulder that's like, streams, don't yeah. love streams. But it's true, like, at the end of the day, your tombstone's not going to say, like, there's mm -hmm. many number one songs. Nope. It's going to say, like, all those things that you said. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude. Okay, your turn. Hit it. Here we go. All right. Uh, what is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Hmm. Great question. Great question, me. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, wow. Whoever wrote these questions <laughs> must be handsome. Um, gosh, the best piece of advice I've ever been given. I feel like my parents just always enabled me to like just do whatever I wanted to do. I mean, I, the, the amount of privilege and like support that I have yeah. is incredible. But I feel like my dad was always like, you are going to do something for, you know, eight hours a day. You sleep the other third of your life. Like you basically have three thirds. If a third of your life you're going to do something, pick the thing that lights you up. Yeah. Pick the thing that makes you feel alive. And I feel like in college, I got two shoulder surgeries. I had no idea what to do with my life. I was playing college football. And I got to this point where I was like, I have no idea what to do. And so I asked myself what that was. And I was like, I think I kind of want to try music and my parents, the ability for them to just be like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. And it's not as much advice as just like support. And yeah, and I feel super lucky. Dude. And it's like, I definitely had the same thing happen with my parents and everything. And I was like, I can't wait to be able to be that parent for my kids. Right. And like, Isn't that cool? again, also understanding the privilege that we've had of a two parent household with the money to get us a guitar and all of that stuff of like, damn, I want to work hard so I can help my kid achieve anything too. You know, Absolutely. like that's dope. Absolutely. I feel that a, a lot. Yeah. I, I, I feel. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky. Yeah. If I could hit the lottery like seven times in a row, that's yeah. what I feel like being yeah. born with the parents and the siblings and yeah. all things. Okay. Another question. Uh, what is your biggest motivator? Mm. That was nice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> What's your biggest motivator? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, dude, right? I wish I could sing like Mariah <laughs> or even Breland. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Dude, I had to cut a song of his the other day, not to shy away from this question. It was like the only song that we were cutting that I was not a writer on. So listening to the demo, I was like, okay, I got it. And I was like, I don't got it. <laughs> I was like, we got to move this down a little bit. So let's um, go down a half step and not do the 12 octave yep. run. Yeah. My biggest yeah. motivator is Breland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, my biggest motivator is um, back to our convo earlier about just changing hearts and minds mm. with music and putting smiles on faces, make people feel all of that. So to do that at the level that I want to of stadiums with everything, that means I got to make sure I'm eating well, getting in the gym every day, mm -hmm. showing up, writing the best songs, whatever I can do. To make that person feel wherever that is right. at the biggest level. So is that the goal? To play a football stadium? Yeah, I mean, I just I want to be hell yeah bigger I, than Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, no, I know stadium yeah. gang, dude. Like, yeah. but you know, I um we're all lying if we say in music that yeah you're not trying to be a Garth or a what like about doing it at the highest level is like interesting to you, like because that's not normal. And yeah. I ask myself the same thing, like 
why do I have to choose the 1% part of the dream? Why can't I just be like, yeah, I just love to put out music or whatever. What yeah. about the stadium is, um, is the dream for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, selfishly as a consumer, I feel the most when I'm at shows, I fall in love with new songs, the easiest when I see them live and, um, and all of those happy tears, sad tears that I've felt in shows. I want people to feel that too. And I want, 70,000 people a night to feel that so yeah. you know that's why Absolutely. I love performing more than anything so is that your favorite part of the like full circle writing all the things is is that performance god yes yeah I love being on stage I love it you're good too like oh. I, I feel like that's that's it sounds silly but a lot of people who like did you cut your teeth like performing a lot, like at college bars and stuff like that? Yeah, I've probably played over a thousand shows. There you go. Yeah. So. I, I was like, there's no way you just know how to do that. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much trial and error. Even last night, we had Ableton issues. Like, the tracks cut off four times. Headlining The on last Broadway. person I had in here was Fillmore, and we yeah, saw yeah. him at Whiskey Jam. Yeah. His tracks cut out. Yeah. Like, you have to have played a lot of shows to be like... I'm not going to cry or freak out right now because yeah. I would. You know, and like last night it was just like, cool, you guys figure it out. I'm going to play acoustic for the people. Nice. And when we get back up there, you know, and um, that that's just practice. You know, it's just. Yeah. So. It's a pro move. Yeah. It's a pro move. If Gotta you haven't had it. your tracks go down and had to like look at the side stage and they just go. Yeah. You haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, dude. And like also knowing that it has happened before, it's happening right now and it will happen again. Yes. So. In Good a stadium reminders. one day, Good so be, be ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question. Here we go. Uh, who are the top three people who have made an impact on your life? Mm. Who? Um, you know, I have to start first. I don't want to use up three people, so my mom and dad just combined. Yeah, we, we will say they parents. They are package. Yeah. Um, just always, you know, getting me the drum set at nine years old when I could show I had a little rhythm and express interest, letting me stay back and watch the, you know, maybe mediocre player at the Mexican <laughs> restaurant because I was, like, so enamored by live music and and all of that. So, you know, just they let me be me always. Mm. So definitely them. Um, biggest impact on my life. Um, my cousin, um, Zach, who was like the older brother to me. He was that like one cousin that like lived in Atlanta with us. Mm-hmm. So we saw him all the time. He taught me how to play drums. I played my first drums, piano, guitar, everything and up in his room. He was my idol mm. with everything. And he actually passed away um, when I was like 17. So it's just that thing of if he didn't get to be on stage for a living, like I'm going to play every show mm. for him, you know, of yeah. like I get the privilege of still being on this earth and getting to, entertain people kind of thing um and uh i'm gonna go with my guidance counselor i actually went to two high schools and um the guidance counselor at the second high school who never knew that i was i didn't even know i was battling my sexuality with everything but just battling a lot of demons with things Mm -hmm. and always 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 reminding me that like you have tomorrow dang you know that's awesome i mean it's crazy what's an impact somebody can make um, on somebody's live and like, does that person even know that? You know, um, obviously Zach doesn't because he's not here. I really, um, but yeah, my guidance counselor, I have, you know, 
expressed that to her many mm. times of it's not a, you know not the heavy way or in any serious it's way a beautiful but way. how i was like dude you've you saved my life back mm. then not in an actual physical way or anything but you know you always let me be me even when i didn't even know who me was mm. and that's not easy to do in a catholic school in the bible belt you know yeah so yeah i can only imagine lover yeah well, my turn my turn okay. my hit turn it, let's it, go it, come it. on people want to hear oh this is a double question hmm. okay what is a daily habit that you're proud of a daily habit that i'm proud of um probably like working out i i like that i like am, am doing that it yeah makes me feel good do you do that because it like makes you feel good mentally no i want to look better naked mostly but That's um that, yeah, between that and no it really is like an anxiety thing like me too i will feel bad if i don't have that like I did the Peloton this morning. I thought I was going to pass away for like that 10 minutes. <laughs> and then you come back to reality and you're like, oh, all of the chemicals in my brain feel right. And Dude. you're a former athlete. I'm a former athlete. Like I'm a washed up athlete. So it feels good to like exercise that. that like feel like I'm not a complete uh, couch potato. Dude, yeah. that Probably is the that same one. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is a daily habit that you wish you could change or something that you could do? Oh, God. How long uh, do we have? Um, I am on my phone too much, and I hate it. I'm trying so hard, but, like, the little slot machine in my pocket just calls to me. And I'm sure you feel the same way. There is such a thin line between work and going down a TikTok rabbit hole for six hours, and all of a sudden I'm watching science videos. I'm like, what am I doing right now? Why? Yeah. Yeah, I just wasted all this time. So... Trying to be better at that. What's your relationship with like social media and your phone? Um, if I'm being very honest, I know I post a lot, but it's only because it's there. If I wasn't doing this for a living, I would delete it. Mm. Not because I'm one of those people where it's like I don't even want to be on it. I would just delete it because I am on mine too much. Yeah. And having a partner at home, we both find ourselves sitting there, and even 15 minutes passes by, and we're like, mm-hmm. we haven't seen each other all day. What are we doing? Yeah, we're in the same room, but we're not in the same room. Yeah. it's. I was bad at that in my past relationships, and it was something I was always working on. Like, I had a girlfriend. She's like, we've been together for an hour, and we're just l- sit laying on the couch. And I know that it's not a big deal that, like, we're watching a show. It's very casual. And, yes, like, again, the tough part is I'm like, I could be technically working. I'm, like, researching or whatever. But just put it down. Just put it down. Just just do it. And yeah. I'm trying to uh, sleep in my phone in a different room. Nice. Which we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, I'm on night two, and I don't love it. Yeah. And it's weird how addicted to that little device I am. It's yeah, weird. dude. It's nuts. Um, is there a time in your life where you felt like, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing right now? Uh, if so, when? Or I'm doing exactly what I should be doing like in life. If so, when? Um. You know, it's cool because we were just talking about that. And uh, last weekend I went on my first headlining run and we played like an hour north of Atlanta. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I bet you some people come up, like my friends and family, all of that. No friends and family or anybody came up except for my parents and my brother. And we sold it out. And then they let another hundred people in. And I was sitting there in my first massive sold out show, not just like 150 people. With all of them singing villain, and I look over side stage, and Seth, Rakaya, Dara, my parents, my aunt, Zach's mom, mm. like, are all just crying. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm so lucky that I've got all these people in my corner because not everybody's that lucky. And, like, thank God. <laughs> like, truly, thank you. <laughs> like, you know, That's like, incredible. Stop. That is incredible. Yeah. That's, 
I mean, all the hard work and this entire conversation of being the girl in Catholic school who's like, I don't know what I'm doing to going to bagging groceries to what we all have this crazy story. And sometimes it feels like, where am I going? What yeah. the fuck am I doing? Why am I on this planet to have the payoff of like, oh, it's to tell stories and to entertain and yeah. to do that. And I feel like I, I saw your stories and I literally said out loud, I was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> because I just love seeing good humans win. And I love that you had a sold out show this like early in your career. It's it's only going up. And I'm so excited for you. Thanks, dude. I just can't even tell you, dude, I feel the same way. I'm like sitting here and I'm like, this guy, you just don't stop. <laughs> and it's just like, you want to know why my person just hangs in the top 20 on iTunes country is because you just refuse to quit. <laughs> well, thank you. Like, I appreciate it's that. incredible. Thank it's you. Very awesome. much. Thank you. All right. Oh, I picked up two. Didn't How dare that you? One. <laughs> Don't put out the episode. It's over. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Um, what is your biggest goal in the next six months? Um, I have a single that we're working on, and I would like to I have a lot of like really big goals. I'm not going to share them here <laughs> because I don't want to jinx anything, but just some some of like the bigger we all have these little like little things that are like the next, right? So like sure. go from on the horizon on the highway to like in rotation to go from this to that. Yep. To, so just these little goals like that. But it's it's through this next single. Come on. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. What about the next year? Next year? Oh, gosh. Um, I would like to be able to do um, – I'm about to 100 million streams as an artist in my career, Insane. which is super fun. And I would like to um, – I'd like to double it in a year. I'd like to have like that exponential jump where yeah. you just – I think you can. Well, thank you. Like no freaking, no question. And then the next five years. Oh God. I'd like to meet uh, somebody that I like romantically. That'd be fun outside of music. Yeah. What you're talking about of like the grind, which is a huge compliment. I I appreciate it. Um, I'm very bad at the, um, the dating thing and the talking to humans and finding somebody that doesn't annoy me. Yeah. So it's not um, easy these days, dude. No, it's really not. And I, I like kid about the last part, but it, it, it's just tough to like balance. I, I think in the next five years, if I had like a real goal is, is to find a better work life balance. I feel like I'm yeah. not, uh, I love work and I love what I do so I can convince myself to keep doing it. But then all of a sudden I hate it out of nowhere. And I'm like, why do I hate the thing that I always say I love? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm overworked. So, like, yeah. I'm going to Colorado this weekend. I'll get a hang oh, with the family. Sick. Just little things like that built in to my life are super helpful. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's important. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any, like, five-year – like, obviously, the stadium's big. Sure. What are uh, – I know you have a bucket list. I do. What is, like, three things on the bucket list you want to check off? And let's actually go non-career. Non-career? Music's great, but, okay. like, I want non-career bucket list items in the next – five years sick um yeah i uh i want to travel a little bit more which lol <laughs> like right, yeah all right mm-hmm. 2020 but also like i think i'm in eight different states i think you're about to next, travel a lot <laughs> in the next two weeks <laughs> like right like just between radio tour but um i'm excited you know to have some time if we go over to europe for anything work related to take some time over there and just really spend time other parts of the world because mm. life is too short and Tennessee's too way too small. Way too small. Um, way too small. You know, um, you know, I'm 20. I turned 28 in a couple months, so I'm really looking forward to getting married to Dara eventually and mm. start looking forward to having children. Luckily, there's no accidents that can happen here, so it's all pretty <laughs> planned out. But uh, yep, yep. you know, but um, just really starting a family and and all of that. And then you know, number number three. 
Uh, Do you have like a jump out of an airplane, bungee jump kind of bucket list item? Dude, definitely not either of those. Are you afraid of heights? <laughs> I, I'm not afraid of heights. I just want to live. You know, I just like being. I just alive like a being lot. here. I like being here. Um, okay, this is like maybe a really stupid one because it's so tangible. Hit it. But I've never been like hunting or fishing on a boat. Oh come on! We I can know. do that tomorrow. We could do it tomorrow. Now we gotta go hunt and fish. Our, I got you. You know, so like maybe something crazy. Crush. Yeah. We should do a deep sea trip. Are you, can you like be in boats and like? I don't know. Well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll find. We'll out. get you those like bracelets. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get you the waiters. Yeah, just get me <laughs> drunk too. You don't know if I'm seasick or just wasted. I like. think that yeah, that'll that'll be perfect. That'll be perfect. Okay, this is the last question. Right. Here we go. Well, I feel like I know the answer to this one. What is something that's dramatically changed your life in the last six months? <laughs> Weird. Um, you know, I it's definitely just being on a record label and having, I never had management or publishing or mm-hmm. booking agent or anything like that. So honestly, uh, as much work is coming in, I get to really focus on being creative for the first time because I'm not being mm. my own manager. I'm not being my own booking agent. I'm not, I get to just like show up to rights and I get to do stuff like this. And yeah, is it a lot? It is, mm-hmm. but I don't have to worry about logistics as much anymore. Yeah. So it's changed my life, and I'm trying not to be a control freak anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, when you figure that out, you let me know. Please. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I never will. Don't no, worry. But no. we're going to be like 80 still. Like, yeah, I have just, a song. Yeah, and I know the yeah. artwork. And I... <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, I just want to say thank you. I, again, I'm all in on my Lily stock. I think you're a freaking superstar, and I love you, and I appreciate you, and thank you for being here. Dude, thank you for having me. I've always been a fan and it only grows every day and every time we get to hang out so thanks for having me Spence. of course appreciate you dude all right y'all that's another episode of why are we here i'm your host spencer crandall again thank you so much for watching listening whatever you're doing if you're on the car on the car in the car in on the in the car or on the treadmill in the car or on the treadmill wherever you are we appreciate you uh watching and listening it means a lot uh if you tag us on socials at why are we here underscore podcast make sure to subscribe and we'll see you again next week we come out on mondays and we have an awesome season one uh guest list lineup that's going to be coming at you so stay tuned why are we here?